Good morning, everyone, and welcome to the final day of BCR 2021 broadcast on 94.3 FM. My name is Patrick Hayden, and we join you today to bring you only the finest quality news and reports from all over this country and the wider world, curated and collected by the most qualified reporters. We also have an interview with Catherine Martin, Deputy Leader of the Green Party, among many other things. Today, we have a couple of intriguing headlines, including Rupert Murdoch complains about Trump's arrogance to losing the 2019 election, deforestation in Brazil at highest level since 2006, and Azim Rafiq apologizes for anti-Semitic messages as he calls out Yorkshire for racism. Um, before we continue, a message from Mr. Grant, famed Irish teacher here at the college, renowned lover of spree. Be in dared shocks in the intakagriv, agus cordicus lagactinus na idervlian, a gibra erna radion the closh na cargan a diva. Now, um, to our own in house, the one, the only, Gavin McNabb with the news headlines today. Thanks, Patrick. In 2019, Donald J. Trump ran for election for president in the Republican Party against a major politician, Joe Biden, who was part of the Democratic Party. Both held many gatherings with the general public to try to gain popularity. Despite this, Donald Trump's best efforts, Joe Biden managed to win the election, becoming president as of January 20, 2019. Mr. Trump continued to uh, allege last year's White House election was rigged against him, including recently in Mr. Murdoch's Wall Street Journal. Mr. Murdoch was seemingly not thrilled by the idea of Trump's presidency, tweeting in 2015, when is Donald Trump going to stop embarrassing his friends, let alone this whole country? But the tone changed as Mr. Trump's candidacy surged. Murdoch, who was the chairman and CEO of News Corporation from 1980 until 2013, name-dropped Trump during his comments during the company's annual meeting. Murdoch, who is 90 years old, has built an overseen and a conservative media empire with major right-learning print publications and television networks throughout the English-speaking world. He is also a part of the Republican Party, so Trump will not take his comments too kindly. Azim Rafiq apologises for anti-Semitic messages as he calls out Yorkshire for racism. Azim Rafiq, an English cricketer who played professionally for Yorkshire County Cricket Club, gave a testimony, testimony to the Department for Digital, Cultural and Media and Sport. This testimony on Tuesday marked the moment when Yorkshire racism scandal crashed into the England dressing room. The Yorkshire scandal has, has been a thing from last year or so but this was a while fr from the national team. However, this testimony changed that, along with one of the England spin bowlers, Alid Rashid, cooperating the claims. Players past and present have been caught out with racist allegations, and now Rafiq is being accused of sending anti-Semitic messages with another player in 2011. This accusation couldn't have come at a worse time for Rafiq and it begins the question of whether his claims will be held in the same light. Since August 2020 to July 2021, deforestation in Brazil's Amazon rainforest rose by almost 22%, compared with the same period the year before, reaching the highest level in 15 years, authorities said. In the 2020 to 2021 period, 13,235 square kilometres of forest lost, making it the largest loss of forest in the year since 2005 to 2006, when 14,286 square kilometres were cleared, according to an estimate by the Bra Brazil's National Space Research Institute, INPE. Since Chair Bolsonaro came to power as President of Brazil in 2019, 
deforestation in Brazil has increased every year. The opposition blamed the cause for the spike in deforestation due to Bo Bolsonaro encouraging mining activity and farming. Environment Minister Joaquim Lesh admitted the figures represent a challenge and promised to be more forceful against environmental crimes. The IMPE stated October was the worst month on record for deforestation with an area of more than half the size of the city of Rio de, de Janeiro cleared. The Brazilian government says it has deployed more troops on the ground in an intense, intensified attempt to combat illegal deforestation. Brazil was among the signatures to an international pledge made at the COP26 summit in Glasgow to end deforestation by 2030. Now for the COVID update. There was 4,646 new COVID cases reported yesterday and zero deaths. Hospitals have, have been told to get extra ICUs as soon as possible to deal with an expected increase in COVID cases. HSE chief warned an unthinkable consequences of hospital capacity becoming overwhelmed. The amount of people being treated for COVID in the hospitals have increased by 40% in the last two weeks. Concern among ministers and senior health officials about ongoing surge in infections has grown and hospitals will now move to a crisis footing. This one, with this will see non-urgent care postponed on patients who can be discharged, moved on to make space for the expected arrival of more people sick with the disease. Private hospital capacity will also be used, while non-COVID admissions will be avoided if possible to create extra capacity for pandemic-related admissions. Back to Patrick. Thanks for that, Gavin. And now over to Greg Quinn with an exhilarating report on traffic. Here with the latest motor-related drama on our roads. Thanks a lot, Patrick. Here's the traffic news for today. There is an absolute logjam traffic situation on the N11. On the Rock Road, we can also expect a lot of congestion and pretty major traffic backups near the end of the road on both sides. On Booterstown Avenue, the traffic's looking congested. On Kill Lane, the traffic is also looking very congested and slow moving in both directions. You can expect delays on Carisford Avenue as traffic is moving very slowly with little prospects of speeding up. On U-Turn Park Avenue, the situation is very similar and it's bumper to bumper traffic. And again, on Mount Marion Avenue, the traffic is looking like rush hour traffic with major delays. Either way, let's just say that traffic is mostly heavy with b in, in both red and blue cars. Thanks, Greg. Now it's Ammo, back with the weather. It's feeling pretty hazy due to the weather today. But although to the crazy start to the day, today will be dry and cloudy uh, day with just some splashes of rain and drizzle occurring by the southern coastal areas. The temperatures will cap at 10 to 13 uh, degrees Celsius today as we approach the winter season. Tonight, the temperature will drop to 6 to 9 uh, uh, degrees Celsius with light to moderate southeast winds and rain will develop in the northwest with the winds uh, refre refreshing. For the weekend, uh, it will start cloudy but dry in most areas of Ireland. Rain will be creeping upon, upon the country, entering from the southeast, so expect some showers. Highest temperatures on Saturday will be 9 to 11 degrees Celsius, but expect it to get colder. That's all from the weather today. Back to you, Patrick. Thanks for that, Amlan. Um, before we continue, we have a word from our sponsor. Our sponsors at Jump Sound, operators of the newly refurbished trampoline and adventure parks in Sandyford and Liffey Valley, and a brand new inflatable adventure park in Jump Sound Santry. For small or large group parties, parties, school tours, corporate outings, and much more, only at Jump Zone. Full details at jumpzone.ie. Oh, welcome back. Oh, 
Well, thanks for that. We're back now, and now with sports, brought to you by Conor O'Leary and Liam Paulson. For the outcome news, Black Horse Under-19 Senior Team and Under-16 Junior Team took on Connacht in basketball. The Under-19 Senior Team took on the 63-19 victory. The Under-16 Junior Team, Stepford Upton Davis, defeated Connacht by 8 points. An excellent performance from the Black Horse captain secured a 37-29 win. Oshin Daly got eight rebounds in one quarter, took two points in the last quarter. In football news, the Premier League returns after an international break, with some big fixtures coming up this weekend. The biggest of which are Liverpool versus Arsenal, with a kick-off at 5.30. Liverpool will be looking to climb into a possible second place, while Arsenal will want to continue their good recent form. Another big game will be West Ham versus Wolves. If West Ham win this fixture and Chelsea lose theirs, West Ham will slot into first place alongside them. Another game that will have eyes on it will be Man United versus Watford. Huge pressure will be on United manager Ole Gunnar Solskjaer after recent performances have left fans questioning why the board has not sacked him yet. And many fans are calling for ex-Real Madrid manager Zinedine Zidane to be his replacement. This weekend, New Zealand will be taking on France in the Men's Autumn Internationals. The All Blacks will be making many team changes following their subpar performance against Ireland last weekend, and they have also suffered the loss of out-half Bowen Barrett following his concussion. As of the end of the 2015 World Cup, New Zealand and France have played 56 test matches. The All Blacks have won 43, France have won 12, and one has been drawn. France's first test match against the All Blacks took place in January in 1906 and was won by New Zealand. It was not until their third meeting in 1954 that France secured their first win over New Zealand. In other rugby news, Ireland take on Argentina this Sunday at quarter past two. The Irish will be favourites to win this after an exceptional performance against New Zealand last weekend. Some other upcoming rugby fixtures in the Men's Autumn Internationals this weekend includes Italy versus Uruguay, Scotland versus Japan, Georgia versus Fiji, England versus South Africa, Wales versus Australia and Russia versus Chile. Oh, thanks for that, guys. Now, coming up now is our riveting entertainment news brought to you by our very own Luca Kenny. Take it away, Luca. Thank you, Patrick. First up, we have celebrity birthdays. In celebrity birthdays for today, we have Adam Driver, who has just turned 37 and has played such important roles as Kylo Ren in Star Wars and Adam Sackler in the TV show Girls, a multi-Emmy nomination. Jodie Foster has turned 58 today. She is a well-known American actress who has played many important roles, which, while more recently, she has started directing episodes of TV so shows such as Orange is the New Black, House of Cards, and Black Mirror. Moving on from celebrity birthdays, we have a piece about a show you may have heard of called Tiger King. This is a show that starts off with a simple rivalry between big cat eccentrics that takes a dark twist when Boss Joe Exotic, a controversial animal park boss, is caught in a murder-for-hire plot. This show seems to get more ridiculous every episode. Another main character, Carol Baskin, was recently caught up in multiple theories that attempted to explain why her husband, Don Lewis, had gone missing back in 1997 and was illegally declared dead back in 2002. Joe Exotic said that she had killed him and fed her to her cats in order to get his land because their marriage was starting to fall apart. Well, in Tiger King Season 2, which has just started airing, it is discovered that Baskin's husband is alive and well, living in Costa Rica. While at first it may seem like this is just made up for reality TV, according to Carol Baskin's, Homeland Security was involved in finding Don. 
although she could be lying. So I suppose we will have to find out for ourselves what really happens in the new season of Tiger King once it has started airing. Next up, we have some news in recent movie releases. First up, Spider-Man No Way Home, which will be out in cinemas in December, has had its official trailer posted two days ago now, and is exploding right now. It has already reached 16 million views and is currently the number one trending video on YouTube. For any who haven't seen the trailer yet, believe me, it's a good one. It promises the return of previous fan favourite characters like the Green Goblin and Dr. Octavius, and it's looking like it's going to be about some sort of multiverse chaos, so that should be good. In other movie news, some recent releases include Dune, Arakt, Eternals, The Addams Family 2, and Venom, Let There Be Carnage. The strongest one so far has probably been Dune, which has had films discussing it wildly. Its cast is a massive one, including Timothy Chalamet, Zendaya, Oscar Isaac, Stellan Skarsgård, Josh Brolin, and Jason Momoa. The Irish Times scored it 5 out of 5, calling it a staggering vision of a medieval far future. However, others, such as Venom, have not been so impressive, with 59% on Rotten Tomatoes and only 2 out of 5 from the Irish Times. Now, as for music news, looking at the Spotify global charts, the number one song this week has been Easy On Me by Adele, with, with this song marking the first single in almost five years. The top weekly artist has been Taylor Swift, who, rec who released Taylor's version of this of Red this day last week, which has had its all too well 10 minute version music video on YouTube reach two, number two trending. And I bet you think about me music video, Blake's lively first time directing has reached number three. And finally, the top album of the week has been Equals by Ed Sheeran, which is a new release too. Thank you for listening to Entertainment News and back to you, Patrick. Thanks so much for that, Luca. We now go on to Anthony King with the business news for today. Audi saw pandemic boost profits by 59% as it reveals Irish results for the first time. Audi Ireland's profits rose more than 59% last year to 71.2 million, as the discount supermarket chain revealed to the Irish Times its Irish financial performance for the first time since it entered the market 22 years ago. The German-owned chain has also disclosed that its 149-strong Irish store network was 71% more profitable in 2020 than its British stores. When measured in as a proportion of sales, Audi, Audi Irish stores posted a profit before a tax margin of 3.6% on revenues just shy of €2 billion Euro last year, while its margin in Britain was 2.1%, according to Audi Ireland's group managing director, Niall O'Connor. He said that the enhanced profitability of its Irish store network is down to greater competition in the British market, as well as the Irish operation being able to keep its costs relatively lower by riding on the coattails of the British operation by using some of its back office functions, such as IT. Golden Discs report, report solid performance even during COVID. In 2020, their turnover declined to 10.5 million euros from 13.2 million in 2019, COVID being the main factor. After introducing cost reduction measures and opera operational efficiencies, they were able to sustain the profitability of the business. The company reported a net profit of €160,196 for 2020. Golden Discs said they continued to sell through their website, which grew, through which grew during the year as many people embraced shopping from home. The company opened a new 3,000 square feet store in Galway's Ire and are optimistic about its fourth quarter after a successful third. A new bridge across the Lithy is in its final stage of development. Bridge a, a bridge 
A bridge across the River Liffey has finally made it to its third and final phase of development. The 3FM project is expected to deliver a fifth of the port capacity required by 2040. With today's construction prices, the development is expected to cost up to 400 million euros. It will be located on the Poolbag Peninsula on the east side of the city. Part of the plan is to take the heavy goods vehicles off the main road and across the River Liffey immediately east of the Tom Clark Bridge. These vehicles will drive on the new private road called the Southern Port Axis, or SPAR for short. The hope is that the roads in the city will be less congested for pedestrians, cyclists, and cars. Construction is planned to start in 2026 and end sometime between 2030 and 2035. Back to you, Patrick. Thanks, Anthony, for that in-depth business report. Now, we have a special report up next from Owen Healy about Haiti. The island country of Haiti in the Caribbean has recently been in the spotlight for multiple major events that have recently taken place in the country. However, all this media attention has not been for the nation's beautiful beaches or breathtaking mountains, but instead for much more tragic reasons. The biggest problem on most governments' minds is currently the coronavirus pandemic, but in Haiti, this is the least of their worries at the moment. The first major incident that took place in Haiti this year was the assassination of her president, Jovenel Moise, who was shot 12 times at 1pm on the 7th of July. He had led poverty-stricken Haiti since 2017, but had faced widespread protests asking him to resign. Haiti has been filled with political instability and gang violence in recent years, giving context to the attack. His wife received non-life-threatening injuries in the attack. Haiti police said 26 mercenaries were behind the attack. This attack brought much civil unrest to Haiti and would later make the country at even more of a disadvantage for future events to happen later in the year. The country had been left devastated by a huge magnitude 7.0 earthquake that struck the country in January 2010. This earthquake left over 200,000 people dead. The aftermath of this earthquake absolutely crumpled Haiti's economy and displaced over 1.6 million people. Haiti's people were still recovering from the earthquake that devastated them over 10 years ago when on August 14th, the unthinkable happened as another earthquake shook through the country. This earthquake was the worst natural disaster since 2018 with over 2,000 people dead as of September 2021 and over 12,000 injured. More than 650,000 people have required emergency humanitarian aid since the earthquake took place. More than 700 schools have been damaged or even completely destroyed by the earthquake in Haiti. Many of these schools have been unable to open since the earthquake. There has been a one-month delay in the reopening of schools in these affected area, and UNICEF predicts that if these schools remain closed for much longer, up to 230,000 children were dropping out of school. Many families in Haiti have lost everything in the earthquake and have been left with no option but to emigrate abroad in hope of starting a new and better life. Most of these Haitians are tried to make their way into the United States as this is the country with the most opportunities and is geographically located re relatively close to Haiti. However, it is still a very long and dangerous journey for those seeking to enter the USA. On their treacherous journey to the US, many Haitians traveled through countries such as Mexico, the Bahamas and Cuba. Local reports from the Caribbean area say that many women have been raped during their journey to the US with many people even dying on their emigration journeys. Many of the migrants are deported from these countries back to Haiti before they even reach American soil. 
Those who do manage to make it to the United States usually make landfall in Del Rio, Texas. However, the government of the United States have lodged an operation with the aim of returning all Haiti migrants back to their homeland. The U.S. are currently in the process of repatriating roughly 14,000 Haitians, and around 400 of these Haitians are expected to be returned to Haiti every day over the coming months. Sadly, these returning migrants have little hope for their future in Haiti, with poverty, violence and displacement widespread, factors that originally drove them to escape the island nation. Several, several members of Christian Aid Ministries, a non-profit missionary organization based in the U.S. state of Ohio, and their, and their families were kidnapped by a notorious gang in Haiti on Saturday, 16th October. The FBI are assisting Haitian authorities with the case. Sadly, cases like these are very common in Haiti, with over 150 active gangs in Haiti currently. These gangs have caused an estimated 20,000 people to flee their homes due to gang violence. Local unions in Haiti staged a walkout on Monday in protest at the rising levels of crime in the country. As you can tell by now, Haiti is in a really bad situation at the moment. The country's leaders have asked for other countries to help support them, and the truth is that if Haiti doesn't receive the support that it so desperately needs soon, there will be little hope for the nation's people. A really interesting report there from Owen about Haiti. Now we go on to Aaron O'Flaherty with what it says in the papers in this fine morning. Thank you, Patrick. The headline of the Irish Daily Star this morning reads, Dwyer's phone a, friend, a fiend. The article reads, Stab monster throws a lifeline to other caged killers over, mo over mobile phone evidence. Evil Graham Dwyer's EU case over the legality of the retention of mobile phone data could see killers like him, Garda killer Aaron Brady and hitman Barry Doyle walk from jail. Surgery shut down as hospitals go on COVID war footing, is the headline of the Irish Independent this morning. The front page reads, Hospitals have been put on a war footing for the next two weeks amid fears the COVID-19 surge risks unthinkable intensive care decisions for the most seriously ill patients. HSC Chief Paul Reid issued a call to arms yesterday in a letter to hospital managers, but it will mean the cancellation of hundreds of surgeries among waiting list patients. The Irish Times this morning also reads, Hospitals ordered to move to COVID crisis mode. The article reads, Hospital managers have been told to immediately identify extra intensive care unit capacity to deal with an expected surge in COVID-19 related admissions within the next two weeks. The headline of the Irish Examiner this morning reads, Dwyer sentence looking more dubious. It leads with legal legal advice that Ireland's mobile phone data retention system breaches European law definitely favours Graham Dwyer in his, in his efforts to overturn his conviction for the murder of Elaine O'Hara, experts say. The front page of the Irish Daily Mirror reads, Brook your tickets. It also reads, Garth Brooks will jet into Dublin on Monday to promote his long-awaited Croke Park gigs seven years after he sensationally pulled out of a five-night run. The country superstar takes a stage next September 9th and 10th for his only European shows of 2022. Back to you, Patrick. Thanks for that, Aaron. Now, a word from our sponsors up next yet again. And thank you to our sponsors at Jumpstone, operators of the newly refurbished trampoline and adventure parks in Sandyford and Liffey Valley and a brand new inflatable adventure park in Jumpstone Santry. For small or large group parties, parties 
school tours, corporate outings, and much more. Only at Jumpzone. Full details at jumpzone.ie. Now, we have an interview with Catherine Martin, Deputy Leader of the Green Party. Um, hi, Mr. Martin. Thanks so much for being here today and giving us your time to ask some questions about your job, your work, and things you're doing right now, including some details about things you're backing at the moment. So, I suppose to start us off, would you like to explain your role as Minister for Tourism, Culture, Arts, Guelta, Sports and Media, and what that entails? Yeah, well, firstly, just to thank you, I'm delighted to be here, and as a, as a former secondary school teacher, um, I just really admire the, the extracurricular work like this, that um, this radio station that you're doing here in Black Rock College. Um, I, I guess it's, it's, for my brief, it's a pretty vast um, brief. Um, after each election, you know, when a government is formed, there can be changes in government departments, um, and uh, so my department is the, the, the Department of Tourism, Culture, um, Arts, Gaeltoch, Sport and, and Media. And as I said, it's, it's vast, but it actually makes a lot of sense. It's very people-facing, and they're very much um, um, connected. And I've, I've said that from, 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 day, from day one. So, for example, you know, tourism is about the people. It's about the welcome that we're famous for. It's about the interaction of, of people. Um, media connects people. Um, arts and culture, how could you have it without the, the interaction of the audience um, with, with the performers? And sport, of course, as we would have seen there at, at the weekend, watching the All Blacks, uh, how it lifted the, the people, actually, um, how uplifting was. And, and the Gaeltoch is protecting our, our very heritage, our, our native tongue, um, our language, our Gaeltoch um, communities. So um, it's six main areas uh, under my, my watch, um, which is no easy feat. As but I said, I, I, I believe they're very much connected, and, and I genuinely believe they, they are the, the most some of the most important parts of, 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 of this great country too. Yeah, that's fantastic, thank you. Um, I suppose next, I want to ask a question around a topic you almost certainly, and everyone's had in their mind for the past while. What impact did COVID-19, as everything you said there, mm -hmm. have on your own work personally and your job? Um, well, it's, it's been absolutely devastating to, to the specific sectors uh, under my um, remit, as I, I said to you, um, it's about people and about interaction um, with people. Um, so musicians and actors, performers and artists have been, have been deprived of that interaction um, with people. We have missed that uh, um, uh, as a nation, but, but also it's their very livelihoods. So they've been deprived of, of earning um, a living. Um, tourism, uh, absolutely decimated um, um, by, by COVID. Um, because um, international tourism, uh, you know, it, the tourism supports two, over 250,000 jobs in, in this country and um, bringing in over, over 9 billion um, pre-COVID. Pre um, uh, and obviously um, less international visitors um, coming in, um, absolutely devastated hotels were, were closed, Re hospitality sector, you know, during, during the lockdowns. Um, so absolutely horrendous for, for a long time the sports you know we, we did manage to keep some level of sport um, going ahead but again without without the crowds behind closed doors and um, which was very difficult on, on the athletes and if you even look at the, the training our, for our amazing Olympic athletes how tough it was uh, for them in, in the run-up and the cancellation and what that meant you know the postponement of, of the Olympics um, the, the Gaeltoch too, not having um, people coming to the, to, to, to the Gaeltoch, even the Gaeltoch colleges for students, um, not, go, not going ahead. 
Um, and, and, and media, of course, if you look like smaller radio stations, the smaller uh, rural, I'm originally from County Monaghan, even though I represent Dublin Rathdown, but those local papers, the, the, the local radio stations are the lifeline for, for smaller rural communities and it was very difficult for them. So it was about supporting all, um, that's, that's where my focus has been on supporting all those sectors. Brilliant, thank you again. Um, tying into that, what did you do in your work to help the industry suffering with COVID-19 over the past 18 or so months? As, as you mentioned, you're the minister for so many of the areas that were affected by COVID and interaction and people facing. Well, for me, within in the first few days, I, I realised what I needed to do was engage with all the sectors that I represented because they were in the best position to inform me and in, in, in what they needed so, for, for example, in, in the arts, uh, from extensive engagement with them, and there was an arts and, and um, culture recovery task force put in place uh, very quickly after the government was formed. Um, it was putting in uh, supports such as over 60 million um, to support the sector now. And, and again, this was a first for, for the events industry to be supported by the department. They never needed um, um, support before, but obviously their doors were shut, so that, so that was new. Also, the, the Arts Council, which su supports a, a wide range um, of, of, of the arts sector, um, I secured unprecedented funding of £130 million, um, last year in the budget, um, and, and, and I managed to hold on to that £130 million again um, this year, um, which was of crucial um, importance. From In the tourism, was identifying different supports, and in the most recent, recent budget, uh, had an increase of over 30% in supports for tourism, so that would mean, you know, 35 million in, in the marketing fund um, to, to show that Ireland is, is back open to welcome the international tourists um, back in. As I said, they're cr of crucial importance for, you know, for, for jobs and um, for, for rural communities as well as our, our, our city hotels. It's, 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 it's that uh, the all, of, all of our country needs that tourism for, for the support. It was also um, 50 million in key business um, strategic strategic business supports um, and again, that's from liaison with, with the industry for, for the sport, for example, last year, um, 85 million um, we secured for, for COVID uh, relief funds. So that would go to, to the main sporting bodies you'd be familiar with, like the, the, the IRFU, the FAI, the GAA, and that's distributed through Sport Ireland. Um, but, but, but again, this year, another 65 million euro for on, on, on those sporting um, reliefs. So it's, it's, as you can see yourself, even from this week, it's a, it's, it's a state of flux with COVID. The only thing that's mm -hmm. certain about COVID, I say, is it's, it's uncertainty. So it's keeping the supports in place and that constant uh, engagement with the sector um, and to, to make sure that we're supporting them and getting the supports to the right, targeting them um, where, where they need to be targeted. Yeah, thank you so much for that. That was a very detailed answer. Um, I suppose on a follow-up question to that, with all you've done, what do you plan to do in the future as we're, again, we're in a state of flux, but we're exiting. Mm -hmm. Do you think, what would you think would be good ideas moving forward with your area? That, that has been, um, uh, I suppose, a really important focus for me too, because you can't just focus on the here and now, but you have to have vision for the sectors that, that, that you represent too. And again, it's from the engagement with, with the, the sectors that, that that helps inform me. Um, so so for, for, for the arts and culture, um, and I'd be very familiar with that sector. You know, I, I studied performance and I did voice at, at university. I taught music for 16 years. I used to busk on, 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 on um, Grafton Street. So I had a lot of, um, I suppose I'm well-informed in that area. 
and, and acutely aware that for, for, for one to create, uh, they need space to create. And it's very sporadic, uh, the employment as well, or if you're producing an album or if you're getting a job or a gig, then there could be a period where you need the space to, to, to create. Um, and one of the key recommendations from the Arts and Culture Recovery T Task Force um, report um, was uh, that type of um, funding uh, uh, that, that would help them create. So I was, was delighted to secure that to get government agreement um, during the summer in the National Economic um, um, Recovery um, that we would have a basic income guarantee pilot uh, for, for three years as recommended by, by the sector for a three year period um, and just in the budget, uh, most recent budget I've secured 25 million um, euros so I would hope to, to announce um, it open in the first quarter of next year for applications um, and actually to roll it out by, by early of the second quarter of next year and I think this is, um, this is huge for, for our country to be showing leadership on how we value the, the arts and we can see other countries are looking to Ireland now because we've shown this leadership and if there's one lesson to, to be learned from COVID and um, from being deprived of, of our music, of our arts, of our creatives, um, I, I, I think it's, it's we really have to value them. For so long we talk about how we value them, but this is the opportunity to do that. And that's looking beyond um, COVID. So that's a three year pilot and there'll be research done with a control group as well. So you'll have those who are, who are on the, the support scheme, but, but also those who are not. And we'll be able to do you know, concrete research on how it impacted their creativity, their well-being, the well-being indicators of, of this as well. Um, also in tourism, obviously as, as Green Party Deputy Leader, I'm, I'm looking at sustainable um, tourism. I, as a, you know, tourism globally is in a state of shock. Um, it's not just unique to, to, to Ireland, um, but I, I do see in every crisis um, you have to look for, for the opportunities. And I see an opportunity here to to reimagine and reshape um, tourism. And again, for my engagement sector, they are ready for this. And I think um, tourists are, are ready to embrace sustainable tourism. And no better than the island of, of Ireland. If you look at our greenways, our blueways, our, our waterways, what is available there for outdoor um, activities, adventure tourism, which we all turn to dur during um, COVID. Um, so we're, we're very well placed um, for that. I recently brought um, from, from another report to government on, on a series of actions that can be um, implemented um, for sustainable tourism. We can be a world leader on this and on developing a, a national tourism um, policy um, where we will mainstream sustainability. Um, and that is really exciting. And you know, there are some great um, hotels that are, are leading on this, like the, the Falls in, in, in County Clare, I think it's the urban wren nest recently opened up in in dublin you know for for um that are carbon neutral and that's what their their visitors um want um, and i just think this is a, an amazing opportunity to to mainstream sustainability in our tourism so that the visitor is thinking you know you know if i if i go rather than the two-week stopover in in dublin what if I come into Dublin, explore Dublin, and but do a longer stay and leave the city then and go into the regions and learn all about um, our, our beautiful waterways, our food. Uh, what a country for, for, um, for, for showing off our amazing food. Um, and, and, and then it's going into the regions and seeing everything that's offering that connection. Like the, the Burren Ecotourism Network is a very fine example where, where a lot of businesses have come together um, and they, they're showing the leadership on, on that. So that's pretty exciting. Um, and then on online safety, um, the, there's the online safety and, and media reg regulation bill, um, which which I hope 
to to bring before the doll um, hopefully before Christmas we were working on that there's 33 recommendations from um, the pre-legislative scrutiny from from the Oireachtas committee um, and I'm, I'm currently looking over those as well but that, that is something that we we really need to address is the the safety of um, on that you would be acutely aware of that um, in your your age uh, as uh, as well that, that, that we, we want to protect I suppose there are, there are a broad range of benefits um, and we've seen that uh, in through COVID, through you know online schooling, and um, you know working remotely from home. That uh, we've we've all done those online webinars, and um, con it connected us, and it kept families connected, it kept people connected, it kept you know the stakeholder engagement done. Is both mostly been online, but there are risks as well, and that's what I want to address in this bill. And the risks um, are are there for our children, and we want to protect them. Absolutely, thank you for that. Um, Obviously, you raised a very relevant point there, but I might just tie back to tourism for a second before I progress on to the next, which is about how do you think the Green Party's policies would be able to coincide with the tourism industry and presence in Ireland, but more so on the travel element, like by plane or by ferry? Yes, um, of course, that, that you know we have to remember that we are an island. Um, so for connectivity, even outside the tourism element, but for families to stay connected, um, we, we we need um, the the flights into country or, or the, the the boats into into the country. So that's something we have to. Um, it's to keep that connectivity there. As I said, the the tourism was you know one of our most important indigenous industries. It supports two hundred and fifty thousand jobs, brings in that nine billion a year. Um, so it's it's but there are other ways of addressing um of, of addressing sustainability and, and, and that's where I am as Green Party as a Green Minister in Government and I want to lead on that and see that change and bring that change. Um so sustainable tourism really means Patrick, you know, without exploitation our, our natural, cultural and other tourist um resources. Uh, it's to preserve them for, for future use, for, for future generations and, and I, I think it's, it can be a real positive for, for local communities and be economically sustainable. So, um, you know, so it's like we can look at from the action plan I've brought incentivizing um, schemes so that there will be a win-win there for, for the, the stakeholders in, in, a, in changing over to a sustainable way of, of tourism, providing better information for, for visitors to be, to be practically uh, responsible um, in, in tourists. You know, it could be the development of, of carbon calculators for, for the tourists, which will allow them to evaluate their actual impact on, on the environment. That longer stay, because we do as an island need the connectivity, but why come over for two days? That's not... Um, we have to change that. Come to Ireland for, for 10, 11 days, explore the entire region. Um, and actually, the, the American visitors that, that come over are known to spend, uh, you know, on average 10 days. That's, that, that's, so it's that sort of type of tourism we, we want to embrace. Um, and it's really important, that connectivity for our, our, our diaspora, you know, um, the, who have been deprived of, of coming back to, to Ireland to, to keep that connectivity there. Um, but but I, I, I hope to, and I look forward to, to leading on sustainable tourism. And as I said, that national tourism strategy um, will, will embrace and mainstream sustainability. Thank you for that. A very detailed answer. That was really helpful. Um, again, as you mentioned about the online safety and media regulation bill, the next two questions I have will be quite specific about it. But as you mentioned earlier, about it being crucial for people to be safe online, um, what would you hope for it to achieve personally? Um, 
Well, the, the main change would be to end the era of, of self-regulation. I think that's what we can do for, for, for online platforms. For, for, for too long, we have heard of the horrific stories of, of, of online bullying for you know, un unacceptable material um, on social media sites. And I've, I've listened to concerns. And I, as I said, I'm, I'm curr currently uh, in the stage where, you know, working with the officials in my department um, for finalising the publication of that legislation, the OSMR bill, um, for I suppose what we call a new internet watchdog, um, an online safety commissioner, which will be part of that broader media commissioner. And this new um, media uh, online safety commissioner would, firstly, you know, the, the various platforms would have to set, you know, sign up to a set of codes, binding codes, and they and we designate those online services and categories. Um, those online safety codes uh, will, will apply, um, and I suppose the commissioner will, will decide on those. Um, we'll assess the compliance of, of online services with online safety codes and audit any, any complaint with, with issues. And we'd operate a, a super complaint scheme for nominated bodies, such as expert charities, to, to, bring, to bring issues to the Commissioner. I, I guess they're, they're, the, the sanctions then would, would, might be of interest to you as well. You know, there'll be financial platforms, um, uh, financial penalties on the platforms, up to 20 million or 10% of the turnover whichever is higher, that's a real signal uh, to, to get your 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 um, get yourself in, in order. There's an, a new watchdog in, in about to come into town. I, I secured uh, 5.5 million in the recent budget to get that up and running. So that's happened in a parallel process with uh, the, the bill when, when it goes through the house. So we, we will be ready um, to, 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 to do that. And as I said, I hope to bring this legislation in, in before Christmas. It will create a, a number of... of um, those harm categories of harmful online content um, material which is a criminal offence to disseminate so cyberbullying material material encouraging or promoting eating disorders material um, encouraging or promoting self-harm um, and as I said crucially this this commission the commission will have robust powers it will have teeth oh thank you um, I suppose yeah again You've answered that very well, thank you. So we might actually move on to the last question then, which is um, different to that, so we won't ask the second question for that, because you answered it very well. Um, having entered a coalition with Fine Gael and Fianna Fáil, has this been effective in combating climate change and achieving your party's goals? Well, I, I would say that the very reason we went into government is we, you know, in the general election as, as, as the Green Party, we talked about the need for a, a green decade of change. And I think we, we will absolutely see that uh, with, our, with our Climate Action Plan, our Climate Action um, Act. Uh, we were setting Ireland on track to half its emissions in, in this decade. Um, I think it's the most ambitious um, plan that, that has, has ever been seen by by. Um, by, by, by brought through by, by any government and that's on foot of a programme for government I was lead negotiator as the Green Party deputy leader that was the greenest programme for, for, for government ever that we got over the line and I think we're certainly de de delivering on, on all levels um, and we're delivering because we have to and simply you know going in, into government it's not an easy decision to take but when you're you know we're 40 years old as a party this year and when you've spent 40 years campaigning for and talking about the urgency of of addressing the, the climate crisis, the biodiversity crisis, not going into government simply wasn't an option. Um, and um, to, to get real climate action, you, you need collaboration. You know, climate <coughs> action doesn't belong 
only to the Green Party. Success in climate action is when you get collaboration right across the board from all political parties and none. And that's, what we, that's how we operated in opposition. Um, we collaborated with, with all parties on the urgency um, and that's what needs to be done when all political parties em, embrace climate action. That's when it will have the impact that is needed for your generation and, and the generations to come. So in, in my opinion, the Green Party are where we need to be um, it's, it's, um, and, and we will continue to work uh, with our coalition partners um, and with those in opposition um, to, to achieve what needs to be done. Thank you so much for all of that. Um, well, that's all the questions. Okay, Gurmila. Um, Gurmila. <laughs> thanks for Catherine. Thanks to Catherine Martin for her time yesterday and her excellent answers in that interview. Um, next up, we have sports from Connor O'Leary and Liam Paulson. In local news, BlackRock's under-19 senior team and under-16 junior team took on Conlitz in basketball. The under-19 senior team took home a 63-19 victory. The under-16 junior team, led by Oshin Daly, defeated Conlitz by 8 points. An excellent performer performance from the BlackRock captain secured a 37-29 win. Oshin Daly got 8 rebounds in one quarter, with 2 points in the last quarter. In football news, the Premier League returns after an international break, with some big fixtures coming up this weekend. The biggest of which are Liverpool versus Arsenal, with a kick-off at 5.30. Liverpool will be looking to climb into a possible second place, while Arsenal will want to continue their good recent form. Another big game will be West Ham versus Wolves. If West Ham win this fixture and Chelsea lose theirs, West Ham will slot into th first place alongside them. Another game that will have eyes on it will be Man United versus Watford. Huge pressure will be on United manager Ole Gunnar Solskjaer after recent performances have left fans questioning why the board has not sacked him yet, and many are calling for ex-Real Madrid manager Zinedine Zidane to be his replacement. This weekend, New Zealand will be taking on France in the men's autumn internationals. The All Blacks will be making many team changes following their subpar performance against Ireland last weekend, and they have also suffered the loss of out-half Bowden Barrett following his concussion. As of the end of the 2015 World Cup, New Zealand and France have played 56 tests. The All Blacks have won 43, France have won 12, and one has been drawn. France's first test match against the All Blacks took place in Paris in January 1906 and was won by New Zealand. It was not until their third meeting in 1954 that France secured their first win over New Zealand. In other rugby news, Ireland take on Argentina this Sunday at quarter past two. The Irish will be favourites to win this after an exceptional performance against New Zealand last weekend. Some other upcoming rugby fixtures in the men's internationals this weekend include Italy versus Uruguay, Scotland versus Japan, Georgia versus Fiji, England versus South Africa, and Wales versus Australia. Thanks for that sports report again, guys. And now with entertainment once again with Luca Kenny to report it. Thank you, Patrick. First up, we have celebrity birthdays. In Celebrity Birthdays for today, we have Adam Driver, who has just turned 37 and has played such important roles as Kylo Ren in Star Wars and Adam Sackler in the TV show Girls, a multi-Emmy nomination show. Jodie Foster has turned 58 today. She is a well-known American actress who has played many important roles, while more recently she has started directing TV shows such as Orange is the New Black, House of Cards and Black Mirror. 
Moving on from celebrity birthdays, we have a piece about a show you may have heard of called Tiger King. This is a show that starts off with a simple rivalry between big cat eccentrics that takes a dark twist when boss Joe Exotic, a controversial animal park boss, is caught in a murder-for-hire plot. This show seems to get more ridiculous with every episode. Another main character, Carol Baskin, was recently caught up in, a multiple, in multiple theories that attempted to explain why her husband, Don Lewis, had gone missing back in 1997 and was illegally declared dead back in 2002. Joey Exotic said that she had killed him and fed him, fed him to her cats in order to get his lamb because their marriage was starting to fall apart. Well, in Tiger King Season 2, which has just started airing, it is discovered that Baskin's husband is alive and well living in Costa Rica. While, at first, it may seem like this is just made up for reality TV, according to Carol Baskins, Homeland Security was involved in finding Don. Although she could be lying, so I suppose we'll have to find out for ourselves what really happens in a new season of Tiger King once it all has aired. Next up, we have some news in recent movie releases. First up, Spider-Man No Way Home, which will be out in cinemas in December, has had its official trailer posted two days ago now, and is exploding. It has already reached 16 million views and is currently the number one trending video on YouTube. For any who haven't seen the trailer yet, believe me, it's a good one. It promises the return of previous fan favourite characters like Green Goblin and Dr. Octavius and is looking like it's going to be about some sort of multiverse chaos, so that should be good. In other movie news, some recent releases include Dune, Arax, Eternals, The Adam Families 2 and Venom, Let There Be Carnage. The strongest one so far has probably been Dune, which has film, which had had film critics discussing it widely. Its cast is a massive one, including Timothy Chalamet, Zendaya, Oscar Isaac, Stellan Skarsgård, Josh Brolin, and Jason Momoa. The Irish Times scored it five out of five, calling it a staggering vision of medieval far future. However, others such as Venom have not been so impressive, with 59% on Rotten Tomatoes and only two out of five stars from the Irish Times. Now, as for music news, looking at the Spotify Global Charts, the number one song this week has been Easy On Me by Adele, with this song making it the first single to hit the top of the charts in almost five years. The top weekly artist has been Taylor Swift, who released Taylor's version of Red this day last week, which had its all-too-well 10-minute version music video on YouTube reach number two trending. And I Bet You Think About Me music video Blake's lively first time directing has reached number three. And finally, the top album of the week has been Equals by Ed Sheeran, which is a new release as well. Thank you for listening to Entertainment News, and back to you, Patrick. Thanks again for that entertainment news. Now we move once more on to business, with An- Anthony King telling us how it is in the business world. Audi saw a pandemic boost profits by 59% as it reveals Irish results for the first time. Audi Ireland's profits rose more than 59% last year to 71.2 million, as the discount supermarket chain revealed to the Irish Times its, Ar- its Irish financial performance for the first time since it entered the market 22 years ago. The German-owned chain has also disclosed that its 149-strong Irish store network was 71% more profitable in 2020 than its British stores when measured as a proportion of sales. Audi's Irish stores posted a profit before tax margin of 3.6% on revenue, just shy of 2 billion euro last year, while its margin in Britain was 2.1%, according to to Audi Ireland's group managing director, Niall O'Connor. 
He said the enhanced profitability of, the, of its Irish store network is down to greater po- competition in the British market, as well as the Irish operation being able to keep its costs relatively low by riding on the coattails of the British operation by using some of its back office func- functions such as IT. Golden Discs reports solid sorry, Golden Discs reports solid performance even during COVID. In 2020, their turnover declined to 10.5 million euros from 13.2 million in 2019, COVID being the main factor. After introducing cost reduction measures and operational efficiencies, they were able to sustain the profitability of the business. The company reported a net profit of 160,196 euros for 2020. Golden Discs said they continued to sell through their website, which grew during the year as many people embraced shopping from home. The company opened a new 3,000 square feet store in Galway's Ire and are op- optimistic about its fourth quarter after a successful third. New bridge across the, li- the Liffey is in its final stage of development. A bridge across the River Liffey has finally made it to its third and final phase of development. The 3FM project is expected to deliver a fifth of the port capacity required by 2040. With today's construction prices, the development is expected to cost up to 400 million euros. It will be located on the Poolbeg Peninsula on the east side of the city. Part of the, pu- part of the plan is to take heavy goods vehicles off the main road across the River Liffey immediately, east of the Tom Clark Bridge. These vehicles will drive on a new private road called the Southern Port Access Route, or SPAR for short. The hope is that the roads in the city will be less congested for pedestrians, cyclists, and cars. Construction is planned to start in 2026 and then sometime between 2030 and 2035. Back to you, Patrick. Thanks again for that, Anthony. Um, all right, up next, another fantastic special report from Harry Pierce about the Super League. Back in April of this year, we all saw the world of football go through a vast shift of character. We saw the announcement of a new football competition called the European Super League, which will be played alongside the traditional UEFA tournaments. And then the chaos started. The new league was designed to essentially replace the UEFA Champions League as it was considered the reason behind the collective 7 billion euro debt among the considered top teams in Europe, including the top six in England and teams such as Real Madrid, Barcelona and more. Essentially, the new proposal was for money. For some, it was an increase in profits. For others, it was to minimise debt. But for the fans, it was a direct attack on the spirit of football. To understand why it was considered as such, you have to understand the format of the new league. All 15 of the original teams invited to join the league would be guaranteed to play in it each year, with absolutely no chance and therefore no fear of relegation. This completely removes the spirit of competitiveness and instead shifts the main focus of the tournament to how much revenue it can generate. With huge wages and mounting debts going into the pandemic, the big clubs haven't had it easy financially, to say the least. A number of them have stated that the pandemic has only accelerated the predicted instability of European football in the near future. They want financial security, and the uncertainty of reaching a Champions League wasn't helping that at all. So they came up with a plan to set up a new competition, one that would guarantee a healthy revenue each year. And they did. And then the fans gave them a piece of their mind. And not just the fans, coaches, players, commentators, anyone and everyone voiced their opinion on this topic. Even other clubs not involved made themselves heard. And most people were against it, 
When I say most, I mean 99% of people. And this, of course, had a, ma had a massive effect. Within just a couple of days, nine of the 12 teams that had committed themselves to the project had rescinded their actions and withdrew. The three teams that didn't, Real Madrid, Barcelona and Juventus, were threatened with expulsion from all UEFA leagues. However, since then, UEFA have dropped all charges against the three clubs. In the aftermath of this event, Ed Woodward has stated he will step down from his role at Manchester United at the end of the year, and most owners and chairmen of the clubs involved have apologised to the fans. As of now, the project hasn't gone ahead, but it's almost guaranteed it will pop up again in the near future. Thanks again. Now we just have a word from our sponsor before continuing. Operators of the newly refurbished trampoline and adventure parks in Sandyford and Liffey Valley and a brand new inflatable adventure park in Jumpstown Santry for small or large group parties, parties, school tours, corporate outings and much more. Only at Jumpstown. Full details at jumpstown.ie. Well, he needs no introduction. You know who it is. It's the one, the only, Amlan Parida for real, for real, back to bring you the weather. It's Ammo, back with the weather. It's fit. Today will be dry and a cloudy day with just some uh, flashes of rain and drizzle occurring by the southern coastal areas. The temperature will cap at 10 to 13 degrees Celsius today as we approach the winter season. Tonight, the temperature will drop to 6 to 9 degrees Celsius with the light to moderate southeast winds and the rain will develop into the northwest with the winds refreshing. For the weekend, it will start cloudy but dry in most areas of Ireland. Rain will be uh, creeping upon the country entering uh, from the southeast, so expect some showers. Highest uh, temperatures on Saturday will be 9 to 11 degrees, so wear a jacket because it's going to be cold. That's all from the weather for me today. Back to you, Patrick. Thanks so much, Amlan, for that weather report. Really great. Traffic news now being brought to you once more by Greg Quinn. Thanks a lot, Patrick. It's going to be hard to follow up a weather report like that, but here's the traffic news for today. There's an absolute logjam traffic situation on the N11. On the Rock Road, we can also expect a lot of congestion and pretty major traffic backups near the end of the road. On Booterstown Avenue, there's a lot of congestion also. On Kill Lane, it's also looking very congested and slow moving in both directions. You can expect delays on Carisford Avenue and traffic is moving slowly with little prospects of speeding up. On Newtown Park Avenue, it's bumper-to-bumper -bumper traffic. On Mount Marion Avenue, the traffic is looking like rush hour traffic with major delays. That's the weather for today. Back to you, Patrick. Give me the traffic. Thanks for that, Greg. Honestly, I have to say, you lived up to the, the, the aforementioned show. And now we have news headlines by Gavin McNabb. In 2019, Donald J. Trump ran for election for president in the Republican Party against a major politician, Joe Biden, was part of the Democratic Party. Both held many gatherings with the general public to try to gain popularity. Despite Donald Trump's best efforts, Joe Biden managed to win the election, becoming president as of January 20th, 2019. Mr. Trump continues to allege the last year's White House election was rigged against him, including recently in Mr. Murdoch's Wall Street Journal. Mr. Murdoch was seemingly not thrilled by the idea of Trump's pre presidency, tweeting in 2015, when is Donald Trump going to stop embarrassing his friends, let alone this whole country? But the tone changed when Mr. Trump's candidacy surged. Murdoch, who was the chairman and CEO of News Corporation from 1980 until 2013, 
name dropped Trump during his comments during the company's annual meeting. Murdoch, who is 90 years old, has built and overseen a conservative media empire with major rights-leaning print publications and television networks throughout the English-speaking world. He is also a part of the Republican Party, so Trump will not take this kindly. Since August 2020 to July 2021, deforestation in Brazil's Amazon rainforest rose by almost 22%, compared with the same period the year before, reaching the highest level in 15 years, authorities stated. In the 2020 to 2021 period, 13,235 square kilometres of forest, last making it the largest of the forests in a year since 2005 to 2006, when 14,286 square kilometres were cleared, according to an estimate by the Brazil's National Space Research Institute, INPE. Since Sherbel Osmo came to power as president of Brazil in 2019, deforestation in Brazil has increased every year. The opposition blamed the cause for this spike in deforestation due to Bolsonaro encouraging mining activity and farming. Environment Minister Joaquim Leti admitted the figures represent a challenge and promised to be more forceful against environmental crimes. The INP said, said in October was, was the worst, worst month on record for deforestation with an er area more than half its size, clear, size of the city of Rio de Janeiro cleared. The Brazilian government says it has deployed more troops on the ground in an intensified attempt to combat legal deforestation. Brazil was among the sig signatures to an international pledge made at the COP26 summit in Glasgow to end deforestation by 2030. There were 4,646 new COVID cases reported yesterday and zero deaths. Hospitals have been told to get extra ICUs as soon as possible to deal with an expected increase in COVID cases. HSE chief warned of unthinkable consequences of hosp hospital capacity becoming overwhelmed. The amount of people being treated for COVID in hospitals has increased by 40% in the last two weeks. Concern among ministers and senior health officials about ongoing surge in infections has grown and hospitals will now move to a crisis footing. This will see non-urgent care postponed and patients who can be discharged move on to making space for the expected arrival of more people sick with the disease. Private hospital capacity will also be used, while non-COVID admissions will be avoided if possible to create extra capacity for the pandemic-related admissions. That's all from the news. Back to you, Patrick. Thanks again, Gavin, for that final report. Now, as we close out, that brings us to the end of the morning news show. Thanks to everyone involved in this, and I'll see you again at 5 o'clock. From all of us here at BCR News Team, thanks for listening, and, and thank you to our sponsors at Jump Zone. Operators of the newly refurbished trampoline and adventure parks in Sandyford and Liffey Valley, and a brand new inflatable adventure park in Jumpstown Santry. For small or large group parties, parties, school tours, corporate outings, and much more, only at Jumpstone. Full details at jumpstone.ie. Thanks to the news team for their update this morning. I'm Robert McHale, and up next we have a segment from 4-3 English, sponsored by St. Vincent de Paul Christmas Trees. And this show is brought to you by our proud sponsor, Blackrock College Christmas Trees, in aid of St. Vincent de Paul. If you are interested in buying a Christmas tree, please find more...